Stay safe, stay sane. Well, hello there and welcome again to another Stay Safe, Stay Sane. I'm Mark Quinn here in the seaside town of Bray, County Wicklow in Ireland, uh, bringing you as many chats as I can from around the world. Chats over the phone, obviously, with people who are isolating due to what's going on. And I also want to express my sadness at hearing the news that uh, one of my singer-songwriter heroes John Prine is in a critical condition in hospital with COVID-19. So come on, John, pull through there. I had the privilege of meeting John very briefly in an edit suite a long time ago when I was editing a series for Frontier Films, which went out on Channel 4, which was called Town and Country. And the presenter of that series was John Prine himself. He walked into the edit suite one day and was the most humble man you could meet. Just turned around, said to us, well, howdy, fellas. And I've never forgotten that. Anyhow, that's John Prine, and uh, I wish him well. Well, what have we got for you today? Well, Brian Trulio is a film editor who lives and works in Boston. At the moment, Brian's editing a documentary on, of all things, the coronavirus. So he's got some interesting facts and figures to discuss with us, as well as telling us a little bit about his own experiences. Our Twitter address is at StaySafeIRL, and you can get us on Instagram at StaySafeStaySane. And also today, from Madrid, a businesswoman, Mariana Mongasi, she will talk to us frankly about how things are in Madrid. She's kind of isolated there at the moment from the rest of her family, and luckily for her, she has an apartment in the city, and she goes to work every day taking the subway, believe it or not, but there's nobody else on it. Before we move on, we've got a poem for you which is written by the brilliant Spike Milligan, and it's read for us now by Sam Manweiler Quinn. Smiling is infectious. You catch it like the flu. When someone smiled at me today, I started smiling too. I passed around the corner, and someone saw my grin. When he smiled, I realised I'd passed it on to him. I thought about that smile, then I realised it's worth. A single smile, just like mine, could travel round the earth. So if you feel a smile begin, don't leave it undetected. Let's start an epidemic quick and get the world infected. Smiling is infectious there, written by Spike Milligan and read for us by my son, Sam. Thanks, Sam. I called up Brian Trulio in Boston a few days ago and spoke with him about the work that he's doing at the moment and how things are for him personally. Have you elderly relatives who you'd be concerned about? Yeah, I'm concerned about... My parents are in Florida. They're in in Tampa, Florida. You know, very concerned about them. But, you know, it it seems like um, they're in a 60 and over or 50 and over community, sorry, Uh, like, you know, golf course community. I was a little upset to hear that Florida went ahead and with, you know, ran elections. And one of the polling places was actually inside their community there. And I'll tell you a story. Our neighbors, their uh, parents are, I believe, in in Vero Beach uh, area. 
and they were they were down with the family. Uh, their plan was to just go down and stay down there, you know, ride the ride it out. And they arrived back a couple of days ago. They they drove up <laughs> all the way from Florida, and they came back because because they were freaking out because nobody was taking it seriously down there. And I think you know you look at the big problem was that there's a lot of people who you know who went to Florida for spring break. And the beaches are just packed, and the, the everybody's partying. The bars are open, the restaurants are open, and you know, and, and Florida looks to be one of the one of the epicenters. Uh, How concerned are you, Brian, on a scale of one to ten? Uh, concerned? Well, I mean, ten. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I think you know. I mean, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, something that that shuts down a country essentially. I mean. And I don't, you know, since 1918, I don't know, you know, when, hmm. uh, and I think what worries me, yeah, what worries me is, is that we have the wrong, you know, we just have the wrong leadership in place. You know, we have actually a very close group of neighbors here uh, between our houses, and each of us have children that go to this, the same school. Um, and I sort of feel like each of us takes turns at kind of like having a moment of madness and... Uh, and so, you know, we were, we were texting each other and, um, yeah, uh, there's, you know, I mean, people are scared. Absolutely. People are scared. And, um, and it, again, it's because, because we don't know, you know, because, because there's no testing, um, because, you know, you're, you're, you're stuck at home and, uh, you know, you're following how many people are dying and how many people are getting sick. Um, and we all have children, you know, young children, um, you know, and that's, uh, that's our biggest concern is, you know, my God, what's going to happen if one of us gets sick, we'll be removed from the house and who's going to take care of the kids, you know? And I don't think, you know, that there is a, there's a bigger fear really in the world than trying to imagine, you know, your kids without you or any children without their parents. I mean, it's a horrible it's a horrible, horrible fear. And at the same time, you know, we have to be, we can't show that fear to them. You know, we have to, um, you know, every day, um, you know, I, I kind of give my kids a writing assignment in the morning, then they do some reading and then we do some math. And the writing assignments that I've been trying to give them, uh, I've tried to even get them to to kind of make fun of, you know, coronavirus a little bit, you know, because we can see them, they're internalizing some of the fear as well, you know, without realizing. Of course, it. they're picking it up, and, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, they're having bad dreams, uh, and, you know, they, they sometimes have those, but, you know, they're having a lot of bad dreams, and, and it's, it's really, you know, it's no surprise. You know, going back to 2018, um, the lessons that we learned from the uh, Ebola outbreak which was in uh, 2015 under Obama. The lessons we learned from that, uh, or that he and his administration learned from that, led him to set up a cabinet-level position of you know of somebody who was basically looking for looking for pandemics and designed to coordinate all of the health administrations that and offices uh, that the United States has. You know, Trump removed that position and everybody involved in that office in 2018. They were all released this is an international emergency this is affecting every human being exactly. on the planet on the planet and yes. and what you need 
is leadership, yeah, proper leadership yes. and clarity and yeah. uh, and transparency. And you've got, it seems to me, none of those things. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't hit the nail more firmly on the head. Uh, what's created this disaster is a complete and total failure of leadership. The one thing that you need with a virus like this is to react quickly, you know. And I think like any disaster, you know, I've worked on a, a wide margin of <laughs> disaster films. Uh, I could tell you natural and man-made disasters are always, there's never one cause to the disaster, right? Mm. There's always multiple causes. And it's funny that people I've been speaking to have been saying that. They've been reflecting on how this, in many ways, for good, hopefully, once we get through this, and of course, we never know or we don't know when that's going to be, but yeah. many, many good things may come from this. There's, yeah, I mean, I've spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, silver linings and things. And it's interesting because some of them come from, um, you know, a lot of people compare this to 9-11 and... You know, I, I remember distinctly the the, the day after uh, and the week after 9-11. You know, it's, yes, there are similarities, but in this case, it's like that week just keeps going on, you know. And and we had the week and, you know, where, where everything kind of shut down, everybody was kind of locked down in place, and then slowly, you know, things kind of reverted back to normal. But, you know, here it's... It's, you know, I mean, you have Trump going on TV saying, you know, oh, we'll all be back in Easter in in shape by Easter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But and then you have Fauci coming on TV and saying the virus dictates the schedule on this, you know, which is exactly right. The the president's, you know, position is pretty clear. The, The misinformation is just really overwhelming coming out from him. Interestingly enough, Washington State, the, the public television in Washington State today, decided that they, they will no longer carry his press conferences because they are so full of misinformation that, you know, it's actually kind of damaging to the public. Luckily, we have the top infectious disease expert in the country, Dr. Fauci, uh, who's, who's, you know, world-renowned. He's He was big in the Ebola field and sort of leading the charge against the spread of Ebola in Africa, you know, over the years. And basically everybody waits for him to talk. (laughs) And Fauci is the one who stands next to or behind the president and kind of jumps up to the podium and corrects him during his his press conferences. Mm. But, you know, I think this morning there was a a distinct turn toward misinformation. He, He came out this morning and claimed that we had done more testing than any other country in the world. That was his morning tweet, which... I'm pretty sure is demonstrably false. And the Surgeon General went on Fox News last night and basically said that New York State had leveled out uh, when, in fact, New York State and New York City have the most aggressive sort of climb that's going on right now. Mm. I think they are they are doubling deaths every two days. And the New York city is turning out to be one of the hottest um, hotspots. You know, Boston and Massachusetts are a biotech hub. My wife works in biotech. So everyone here is taking it extremely seriously. And everyone here, you know, this is one of the centers of knowledge, let's say, especially biological knowledge. Hmm. So everyone here is taking it very seriously, no doubt. 
so it's kind of crazy. Fascinating, fascinating uh, bigger picture stuff there, Brian. Yeah. But let's kind of bring that. I mean, I'm just <laughs> curious about the, the here and now. I mean, is sure. the, the health system, I mean, we have this uh, vision of the health system in America being like, you've got to carry your credit card with you, otherwise you're not going to get to the doors <laughs> of the hospital. I mean, is that the yeah. way it is or, or what? Um, it's, uh, when does your credit card come into play? Well, it's, it's tough to say. Hospitals vary. But, you know, the Hippocratic Oath is still taken very seriously. And if you need treatment, you know, there's a, you know, there's a good chance you're going to get it. You're going to find it. And you're going to get it somewhere. Brian Trulio in Boston. You're on Stay Safe, Stay Sane. Talk at a safe distance. I'm Mark Quinn. You can contact us on staysafestaysane at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at staysafeirl. You can find us on Instagram at staysafestaysane. Hello. Ah, Mariana, hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And you, how are you doing? Yeah, we're, we're good. Safe and in total lockdown. And same? And sane also. And sane. <laughs> you heard. This is the most important thing yeah. nowadays. Mariana Mongasi is in Madrid, in Spain, currently one of the world epicenters for the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, first of all, time is slower, so you have more time to think about things, to talk what's important and what really matters. You know, I think we were going too quickly, and uh, everything was going a little bit mad, and this has made things. Um, I mean, I, I think you think now what's important in our lives. Uh, we cannot kiss each other. We cannot hug each other. We cannot go out. We cannot breathe. We cannot go for a walk. We cannot, you know, basic things which were not important now are the most important ones. So for me, this is one thing. And the second thing, I think um, that people, you know, are getting the best of them uh, I'm talking about my country now, okay? So everybody's helping each other, and this is great, great. You know, I think uh, uh, if you live in a house with uh, seven floors and then you have old people, you know, the young people go to them. And uh, if you need uh, anything from us, just call us. And then you're starting to talk to, talk to neighbors and uh, you're getting closer, uh, you're helping each other. And I think this is brilliant. No, mm. really brilliant this is one thing and the other thing i think also nature you know we have uh, no pollution at all now this has i mean it's 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 fantastic there are no cars nothing so i think this also um uh, is making us uh, uh, we, we think we are always have thought you have to go to work get a car and go there and now people are working at home and they, everything is going on. I'm running a food company. We import uh, products from France and we sell them here in the Spanish market. Uh, our clients are all the supermarkets in Spain. We also deal with food service, catering, uh, and also planes. This is complicated now because it has stopped. But uh, we are working a lot because we are delivering uh, daily to all the supermarkets in Spain. In, in Spain, people, we, we used to shout. There's a lot of noise. People talk to each other, although you don't know anybody. I mean, you become friends very easily. And this, uh, you hear nothing. You go into a supermarket and everything is calm. Nobody talks, you know. I mean, 
But on the other hand, this is the price we have to pay, though, because uh, in Spain particularly, you've got such a problem there in terms of the amount of deaths and so on. Uh, Are you aware of anyone that has died? Yes, I am. I have a friend's uh, father of a friend of mine, very close friend, a very good friend of mine died yesterday. And uh, I have my best friend is uh, at the intensive care. Uh, she's going better, but uh, it has been tough. Look, my sister is a nurse and she's working also with all the corona in, in Zaragoza. And uh, she was telling me yesterday that from uh, her team, they are 10, five of them are infected. Okay. Then I have also a very good friend, which is a doctor, and she's in charge of the, one of the biggest hospitals in Zaragoza in intensive care. And uh, well, I speak to her nearly every day, and uh, she was telling me that it's right, it's terrible. There are no beds. Uh, we haven't got enough beds. No masks, no gloves, no hospital gowns, and no ventilators. So they are working. They, they have no means. I don't know if you say that in English. Yeah, me. No I, means. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Correct, yeah. Yeah, you have no means. You know. So I mean, they are doing everything. They they do what they can with the means they have. And the other thing, and this was another doctor, and this was in Madrid, who was telling me the other day that they have to choose. You know, because they they cannot. If there's a, a man of 85 years old and one of 50 comes in. The ventilator goes to the one of 50 years old because this is the, the way they are doing it, and this is terrible for them. Mm. The, this is why they are, you know, really, really, really having a very, very hard time. There's a lot of they cannot stop. They're working more than 14 hours because there's no people. They, they've called the students at the universities are starting to work and things like that, but uh, 15% of the the people that are infected in Spain are the uh, health professional ones. So um, I guess they don't really know if the peak is coming or not coming. What it's true is that uh, every day we have more infected and more deaths and we are following Italy, the same as Italy, you know. And uh, Italy is not going down. So I think this is what what's worrying everybody, you know. Yeah. Uh, that uh, I don't think they really know how to handle it. Well, it's too fast. They, well, of course, because we've never had anything of yeah, this scale like before. That. Nothing yeah, like this before. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and are you personally frightened? No, I'm not frightened. Uh, I mean, I'm not frightened. No, I go out every day. I, I get the subway and I go to work and I am with other people. I wear my mask and my gloves. You take the subway. Is that wise? Yeah, I take the subway. Well, uh, if they they are there's nobody. I'm alone. <laughs> I take it. <laughs> okay. And totally, I can send you pictures. Mm. Uh, Madrid normally is uh, really you know it's, it's, Busy, it's of course, full, yeah. full, full, full. Oh, now there's nobody. I'm alone, alone. Maybe two, three. But um, I'm worried because my mother is alone, and this worries me. I mean, uh, my my son is in another city, and my daughter and my husband uh, are also alone. But and this worries me. I would love to be with them, you know. And as you said earlier, this when all of this hopefully does end, then mm. when we return to some kind of normality, maybe that normality will be different. What was normal before 
will not be normal again. I think so also. I think, I hope we don't forget about it. Uh, I'm going to enjoy life much more than I've done. I mean, every minute, uh, every breath, every hug, you know, um, things that you think are normal. And uh, now that we don't have them, you see, well, this is not, you know, what the other day, well, today it's, it was a very sunny day here in Madrid. So I have a small uh, garden, you know, and I was sitting there the whole day, the whole day, since 10 o'clock mm -hmm. till it was, because I said, ah, oh, at least, you know, I'm here outside and uh, I was drinking a beer and having, a, you know, something to eat. And I saw my neighbors were doing the same thing. And we were just saying that, you know, we are enjoying so much this, the, this moment. And normally, I mean, it, it's something you, two months ago, nobody was thinking this was going to happen, you know. If you could characterize the the uh, mood of the nation, I mean, obviously it's stressed, oh. very stressed. But very what, stressed. Yeah. yeah. But, but are you an optimistic race? Are the Spaniards optimistic? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the Spaniards are very optimistic. We are very social. We love going out. We love laughing. We love drinking. You know, we love dancing and singing and shouting. And we love families and we love friends. And uh, I think... Uh, we we are this kind of people, but for the first time in my life, I see my country sad, you know? I see there's no noise, no so much. Uh, there's one moment in the day which is fantastic, and this is at eight o'clock at night time. Everybody opens the windows and go out and start to clap to thank all the health professionals and the police and the army and the people that are helping, no? And then there's a song, we all sing together. This is a very old song. Well, it um, it's called Resistire, I Will Resist. And it's <laughs> like uh, a sort of, of im, you know? Mm -hmm. So in all the streets in Spain, all over at the same time, in hospitals, all the people go out and clap and sing this song. In the supermarkets, if they open at the same time, everybody does the same thing. From Madrid, Mariana Mongasi. Next time, we're going to hear from numerous people who I've been speaking to from here in Bray in Ireland to Buenos Aires and from Hamburg to, well, Callow Hill near Newtown Mount Kennedy, also in Ireland. My thanks to series producer Pat Hannon, and if you'd like to share your stories, contact me by email, stay safe, stay sane at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter at StaySafeIRL, and you'll find us on Instagram, Stay Safe, Stay Sane. We'll play out today with that song that Mariana mentioned that the Spanish sing from their balconies every night, Resistere 2020. I Will Resist, a new version of an old song featuring over 50 singers and musicians. And as is the new norm, they're all recorded separately in their homes, but together, so to speak. All proceeds from the song will benefit the charity organization Caritas. Check out the video on YouTube. It's worth it. Until next time, stay safe and stay sane. Cuando duerma con la soledad Cuando se me cierren las salidas Y la noche no me deje en paz Cuando siente miedo del silencio
quererme en pie. 